color. Man, we are so passionate about color. Favorite colors. Oh, colors I hate. I hate that color. When it comes to reaching an audience on some subconscious level, there is probably nothing stronger than color. Hi, my name is Alec Watson. I'm a director of photography and the creator of Your Visual Brand. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to be running you through some of my favorite parts of visual branding taken from the Your Visual Brand course that I created as my capstone for my master's project at Harvard. My goal was to help entrepreneurs, small business, people in marketing, people selling themselves to be able to tell their brand story better because we are inundated every day with five to 10,000 brand visuals. To be able to cut through that noise, man, that takes some skill. And it's something I've been doing for big brands for a lot of years. So it's my opportunity to pass you along all sorts of strategies. Today, we're talking about color. In three, two, one. Color. So what is it about color that makes us so passionate? Why do we have a favorite color? Why do we respond to colors? I'm going to be looking at the top three of color for your visual branding. Coming in at the number one spot, what is the number one thing you can do color-wise for your brand to be able to reach your audience better? Well, you might think it's pick their favorite color. <laughs> and, and well, on a personal level, that might be true. But what if everybody has a different favorite color? And trust me, everybody has a different favorite color. I have always been fascinated by color, even as a little kid. Like I remember in kindergarten learning about the primary colors and thinking about color and wondering whether, in fact, we actually all have the same favorite color, but we just see them differently and give them different names. I don't even know what that means anymore, but I know I thought that as a kid all the time. And when I saw that meme a few years ago of the blue and black dress, or some people saw it as the white and gold dress, that was proof to my inner child that people see different colors when they look at the same thing. It was just like, it was an aha moment. So if color can be so difficult and people can see different colors on, on exactly the same thing, why does color become so important? There's a lot of science behind this. Uh, we've got some physiology. We've got social sciences. Probably the biggest one, honestly, social sciences. Uh, our society and the people we are around, the art that we see, the times that we live in, absolutely dictate what we respond to color-wise. So with all these changing dynamics, the best we can hope for is to learn what the best practices might be for color. And that's what I'm going to teach you today. I have got a top three for you. The number one thing being, drum roll please, drum, 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 drum. <laughs> a terrible drum roll. The number one thing you can do for your brand color-wise is be consistent. I know, lame, you were looking for, go with this color. We, we will get to that. But the number one thing you can do with messaging for your brand is stay consistent with your color. If you have a look at some top brands, let me name a few. Uh, Home Depot, what's their color? You absolutely know the orange. You could recognize that orange and say, that's a Home Depot. How about Tiffany Blue? 
you know that belongs to Tiffany. You don't even need to see a logo to know that that's a Tiffany box over there. How about Target? How about Starbucks? Starbucks uses that green so consistently that you could go to a foreign city, look down the street, see a green awning, and know that's a place where you're going to get a cup of coffee and you know what that coffee's going to taste like. Now, of course, we don't have anywhere near those kind of budgets to throw around and keep on using our color. But if we take the same principle and think to ourselves, okay, self, If I'm going to put out one or two social media messages a day in order to drive people towards my website, if I use the same color every single time in some way, whether it's a logo or an element, people are going to start to register that that color belongs to my brand and that creates more brand recognition. Brand recognition is obviously critically important. But there's a more important element to this that I want you to think about. And this drops more into the area of psychology. Not my specialty as a director of photography. I just happen to know enough about this to be dangerous. Danger is my middle name. Do you remember back to science in high school and talking about Pavlov's dogs? And and Pavlov would ring his bell and his dogs would salivate. The dogs had a response to the ringing of the bell. Well, we do the same thing as humans. I mean, that was the whole point of the of Pavlov's dog experiment. We do the same thing with colors. We, of course, do the same thing with uh, lots of inputs, but color happens to be one of them. Our goal with social media is to engage our audience. We do that through all sorts of ways. You know, some of us entertain our audience. Some of us inform our audience. Some of us make our audience feel better. All of these things are tied to emotions that our audience is going to feel. When we make our audience feel something and we're showing them the color of our brand, that's like this little Pavlovian association that gets built up between our color, our logo, and the way our audience feels about our brand. When our audience moves to our website, when they move towards purchasing something and they get to that checkout and they've got the same colors presented there in the same messaging way, our audience is going to be way more likely to make a purchase because purchases are based on feelings. And all that time you put into social media to create that feeling turns into a payoff at checkout when you use the same color. So the number one thing you can do is be consistent with your color. And that brings us to the number two most important thing in terms of color for your brand. And this goes along the lines of psychology of color. We're talking about the choice for the color of your brand. And maybe you've got a good choice, maybe you've got a bad choice, but what does that even mean? Well, there are some best practices here. It turns out that we've got all sorts of associations with color. When I was a kid, My dad worked at a milk factory and I remember that they started making these flavored milks in little boxes. It was when the the, the little Tetra Packs, 
that are so common now was when they first came out. This was kind of an exciting thing because like I was the first kid to have like these little boxes of flavored milk. And I have always been interested in marketing and advertising. And I drew the company some pictures of what of the ways I, I thought that they should promote their flavored milk. And I had like strawberry colored cows that had uh, udders that looked like strawberries for strawberry milk and did the same with uh, blueberry. I can't remember the other flavors, but someone actually took the time to write back to me and say that they just didn't associate these kind of colors with milk. And that would be a problem. And that's why they went with white boxes because people associate white with milk. And on some level, I still think that they were wrong or they didn't have the budget to do the idea that I had in my head as a kid. But just in simplest terms, they were right. And, and it goes like this. If, if for some reason we found that orange was everybody's favorite color and we wanted to sell more milk, could we put milk in an orange container because it was everybody's favorite? Well, of course, the answer is no. Everybody would expect that to be orange juice. Now, with this simple version, that seems kind of obvious. But I think people make the same mistake with their businesses all the time. See, everybody's business, well, pretty much everybody's business, is part of a genre. And the genre comes with color expectations. We have two choices as a business owner. One is to go with the expected color. So what does that look like? Well, if you're in health and wellness, that might be a, a light blue or a light green. If you're in money, a, a dark green. Of course, Starbucks has made such an impression on dark green that you could also be a coffee shop and use dark green these days as well. There, there's always kind of a zeitgeist of, of changing color that uh, applies over time. There's somebody that's big and successful that's using a color that people associate that kind of service or product with. When we go with the expected color for our business genre, it gives us the benefit of our audience knowing a little bit about what we do. It might even tell our audience that not only do we do this, but we do it well, just with color. That also means that when it comes to copy, we don't have to explain what it is that we do. Everybody has a very limited time that they will read copy. In, in fact, anybody who puts out emails on a regular basis or ads knows that people just fail to read copy properly all the time. So we want to reduce the amount of writing that we do because that's a time investment for our audience. If we're trying to get a message across to our audience, the less time we can use up explaining what we do and the more time we can spend on differentiating ourselves, there's a certain advantage to that. On the other hand, and this reminds me of the guy from, uh, uh, what is it, The Princess Bride. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? On the other hand, maybe you're trying to buck the expectation of your audience. And, and there is value to that as well. If you go counter to people's expectation for your brand, you are immediately telling your audience that you are an outlier, that there's something special and unique about your brand. 
you are not a rule follower. Of course, the outcome for this is twofold. One is that now you're going to have to explain to everybody what it is that you do because you're breaking expectation. The other is that you're going to want your audience to be people that actually don't like to follow rules. And you might think that's everybody, but you know what? Really, it's not. Most people like to follow the rules. So this comes down to knowing your audience. I'll give you a for instance. If, say, you worked in money management, people aren't going to want rule breakers with their life savings. So you best be going with those dark blues, the ones that say fiscal and corporate responsibility, perhaps a dark green that people associate with money, a neon pink or neon yellow, probably not your safest bet for your audience. Of course, maybe your audience is all rule breakers, in which case neon pinks, neon yellows, they might be great. Or maybe they're too trendy at the moment and you're just following a trend. Again, it's not going to work for your rule-breaking audience. If you are building a brand for longevity and you want to communicate quickly with your audience, your best practice is always going to be to go with the colors that are part of your genre and use your storytelling experience to differentiate what it is that you do better than any other brand. And that brings us to number three, the number three most important part of color when it comes to being a brand is color relationship. <laughs> now, what does that mean? <laughs> That's kind of an awkward way of saying that the colors that we put around colors mean different things. There's a tendency for us to believe with psychology of color that it's about a color. And it's actually just not really true. In fact, we don't even see colors really very well. I mean, think about the, the blue and black dress and the white and gold dress, right? You don't need more proof to understand that we don't really see colors all that well. And, and there's a good reason for that. And that is different lighting conditions, they change the color of the way we perceive things. Now we have a, a built-in, what I call a built-in white balance in our brain that's always trying to correct color and it, it does a pretty good job, but that comes at the cost of never really having a good color memory. And so one of the things we do is we build relationships between colors. So when we put two colors together, we see a difference in frequency. I like to think about this in terms of music. For, for me, music, sound, and color picture have a lot in common. They're both frequencies that a receptor in our body is picking up and then our, our brain is creating meaning from that. So when we hear a, a single note, uh, that's like a single color. When we hear two notes together, we hear a harmony. We hear the difference in frequency between those two things. And we actually make a choice of whether we like the sound of that harmony or we, we find it dissonant. The same happens with colors. We, we either like the way these colors are going together 
or we find a dissonance in them. And this is more powerful when it comes to transmitting meaning than just a single color. So of course, consistency of color is number one, but we've also got to keep in mind that maybe we don't have just one color. And when we put colors together, those also have different meanings. Now, I'm not exactly talking like uh, 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 red and yellow comes to mind. When I think red and yellow, I think uh, McDonald's. That doesn't necessarily have a meaning, but it does have an association for me. The red and yellow are very bright. I think of it in terms of toys. It's glossy, shiny. It makes it very playful. When we put red and yellow together, it becomes kind. it can become playful in that way. You could also put red and yellow together to come to a different meaning with a red stoplight and an amber light. Those have kind of different tonal qualities to them. So like a a difference of tone, if you like. They're still red and yellow, but now they're not so playful. They might mean attention or danger. And that red and yellow have a different set of frequencies and a different set of saturation than the McDonald's red and yellow. And I, and I hope you can you can picture those two in your mind, because when it comes to red and yellow, we would think that they're the same. But based on the amount of saturation of the red and yellow, it changes the way we perceive that. In fact, there are a bunch of color relationships that you may not know that you have. I I will give you some here. If you have an image that's basically monochromatic, monochromatic, we have a tendency to think of as meaning black and white, but it actually, it means chroma made of one chroma. And you can have images that are made of one chroma of say all yellow or gold. When we have a single monochromatic element that runs in all sorts of shades like this, we tend to put that in a category of luxury. One that comes to mind, I was specifically thinking it when I said yellow and gold, would be the Charlize Theron ad for uh, J'adore. You, you see that in all the airports, uh, a luxury fragrance. And they have reused and reused that ad over and over again in different ways as still images and video. It's really powerful and very effective. When we put a whole bunch of primary colors together, that would be kind of be the opposite. As we put more color relationships together, that takes us to the, back to that playfulness more of McDonald's. Think of children's blocks. Anytime you see a bunch of multicolors together, that means fun, accessibility, and usually that means lower price. So depending on where you're trying to place your brand as a luxury brand or a really accessible brand, you're going to want to be thinking about your color relationships. Color relationships are one of the most powerful ways to subconsciously transmit to people the value proposition of your product or service. Color psychology is deep. It's also profoundly powerful. Color is one of the strongest ways you have to tell the story of your brand without saying anything at all. If you want to learn a whole bunch more, you're going to want to head over to yourvisualbrand.com. I have a fantastic course on visual branding that will teach you 
everything you need to know to raise the bar on the effectiveness of telling your brand story and, of course, make more money. You'll find that at yourvisualbrand.com. It's currently on its first sale ever. It's currently 25% off. And today, if you enter in the coupon code YVB podcast, all in caps, I'll add another 10% off. If you're learning from the Your Visual Brand podcast, man, I would love to hear about it. If you could give me, well, five gold stars, it'd be awesome. And you know how the power of gold. <laughs> also, please tell a couple of friends about it. My goal is to make a difference. This is my legacy project, and I would love to make a difference for you, your family, and your business. So in the meantime, get out there, fill your feed with positivity, write some stories about how your brand, product, or service is making the world a better and more beautiful place.